In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous respected are you respected so here are the two assessing statements rank yourself one to five guys i'm going to read the statement you just think about this i have been told that i am a role model it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood from men in the arena it's equipping men in 10 our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood call you out of the faceless nameless bleachers and call you up to be the best version of you because when a man gets it everyone wins enjoy today's episode men in the arena army we salute you hey guys thanks for listening to this episode of the men in the arena podcast you are the hero in this story and so we salute you this morning, this is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with our producer, co-host, and co-laborer for about two decades, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Two decades. Of yes. Marital good. bliss. It is. <laughs> Five-year anniversary this oh, uh, month. Oh, man. What? Yeah. Oh, for you working for me? Yeah. The second time. So you worked with me yeah. from 03 to 12, and then we had a... I left, and you took over the church. You retired, there. yeah. And then uh, you came back in about 13, 14? Yeah. 14? Working with Well, if dudes. you came back and started working with me in 14, yeah. that's more than five years, bro. Well. That's like seven years. That's not what LinkedIn told oh, everybody. Oh, and I believe everything social media says. You know what? It's really cool. You know you're doing some cool things when social media starts censoring you, right? We've had two of our Instagram <laughs> posts censored. We, we've had two that I've tried to boost, and they said I can't because... I'm not following their rules. And, and wasn't just one of them like, make your wife a priority? We're living in dangerous times for men. Yeah, I love it. Well, we're, <laughs> we're really confused. And guys, I want to tell you, send us your hero stories. You know, of course, Jesus is the, the hero, and he's the, the mm-hmm. producer of the movie called Your Life. But, but he's asking you to be the hero. And so we want to hear stories of how God is using you to change your wife, your family, your community. We want to hear how Men in the Arena has helped you. We got some great things coming up. I mean, if you haven't listened to my uh, magnum opus, Equipping in 10, you need to do that. That episode just explains that I believe we are in the next five years going to see my life work fulfilled in several areas. And I want to speak to you about those areas here in the next five equippings. So we're going to take the next five equipping episodes, and we're going to really hammer out some... major components that you need to grasp to walk as your best version. But I got to tell you a tale yesterday, I was watching the news and it was a news story of this couple who was walking along the coast of Oregon. We see this every year, right on the news. And for whatever reason, they try to go down to the, the ocean. You know, what people don't leave, if you don't live in Oregon, what you don't realize is this. When I moved up from California in California, if we went to the coast, we called that the beach. I went to the beach. 
In Oregon, you don't ever hear people say, I'm going to the beach. You hear people say, going to the coast. Going to the coast because you don't get in the water and the beaches are, most of them are rough and you you hike, right? So this couple's hiking and they decide to go down to the beach. Well, uh, the guy falls off the cliff and so the story is about rescuing him. So when they zoom in on him and the EMTs are working on him at the bottom of the on the beach down there, I notice he's wearing makeup and I'm noticing that the, they had a couple of pictures. I go, you know, of course he's wearing a mask. But I'm like, this guy looks like you know, dude looks like a lady, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? So I, they zoom in. I go, oh, is that a girl? And then the girl's name is Tyler or something like that. It was some guy name, right? So I'm like, oh, it's a dude. So then they. They, the newscaster, the anchor, is telling the story how as and as the EMTs uh, lifted him up on the gurney up to the cliff, she says the anchor says, and they they lifted them up in the stretcher. Yeah, <laughs> unwilling to say him or her. And then you were sharing with an organization you're involved with uh, on the Zoom call. People in parentheses put how to what pronouns to address them as, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna just tell you, we'll never do that on this podcast. I'll never do that ever in this life. That is insanity. You are a man. You are a woman, and that's all I'm ever gonna go with. That's what my and, name and was, that's, is man. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'm just, I just am not gonna do this. And so when we wrote the book Strong Men, Dangerous Times. It was based on this principle that we are living in dangerous times to be an unapologetic biblical man. Men are very confused, and so this book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, alleviates all confusion. We say, hey, this is what a man is. This is what a man does. He does five things that make him a man. So the book, which is out on Amazon now, is called Strong Men, Dangerous Times. The subtitle is critical. Five essentials every man must possess to change his world. And so this this book is a catalyst for an assessment that we've built for men. So we've built an assessment for men under these five categories. And then as you know, Dale, to, do, to come up with a detailed analysis of where a man ranks, what we did is we took the 20 qualifications of an elder in the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. We categorized them under our five main categories, our five essentials. We came up with four subcategories per essential. And then I'm writing another book that will be released in the winter of next year that will take those 20 and have 10 assessing statements behind those 20 so a man can take 200 assessing statements and get a detailed analysis after he goes to our website and p- plugs in the numbers about where he ranks as a man. I think this is going to be a monumental work. I think this is going to reach a million men or more. I'm really, really excited about this. But what I wanted to do today and for the next five episodes, I wanted to walk men through each of the five essentials, and then I wanted them to see the four subcategories under each because this is all available right now at bvome.com. A man can go and take this assessment. It's a t- trial run. We're not going to launch this until August. And so I'm going to take the next five weeks and walk guys through what these are. But before we do, do you have a man law? <laughs> I do. And uh, first of all, men, you don't sit down when you pee. And second of all, when you do stand up like you're supposed to and you're walking to the urinal, 
You go with the outside. Never take the middle. So that's two-man laws. Well... So if you're at two in the morning and you wake up to go pee and you're, you're afraid of spraying everywhere, you're saying you can't sit down? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of... I don't know, man. I think the older you get, the, the tougher that one becomes. Oh. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's nice just to sit there and ponder the deeper things of life. But I will I will address the urinal thing. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, take the outside because you that way you, the guy that comes in after you... Is, He's got to make a real tough decision. If it you is. if you take the middle one, he's in trouble. Going for the bath, the the toilet stall. Listen, and if there's ever an opportunity to go to the urinal and to not urinate next to the guy, take it. Right. If you can, if you don't take that opportunity, that's a man law violation. Right. We just don't do that. I mean, seriously, I had a guy in Alabama, and he went to the urinal, and he went to the outside like he's supposed to. And there were two open ones. I said, "Forget this. I'm going in the stall." I mean, that's the best case scenario, right? Just that, just complete peace and harmony. Right. right. So, <laughs> man, we're messing around with you guys, but it just goes to show you how confused we are in this world. So, I want to talk to you about the first of five essentials in my new book, "Strong Men, Dangerous Times," and I want to tell you the four categories underneath it. And what we've done, guys, is this. In the Bible, when it gives you the 20 qualifications of eldership, some of those qualifications are negative. In other words, not addicted to much wine, not pugnacious. So a lot of negatives. And so what we did is we wanted to create something that was all positives that told you what to do. And then some of these descriptions were words that we don't use anymore. Nobody uses the word pugnacious. So we took these words and we we crafted them into modern terminology so you can understand. So each of these subcategories is just one word. So I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to give you the two assessing statements that I want you to assess yourself with right now. And then I'm going to ask Dale to give us the Bible verse. Okay, so here we go. So the first of the five essentials, this is the major category, is protecting integrity. We believe that protecting integrity is the foundational component to manhood. It It's not... Listen, listen to me here, guys. It is not giving your life to Jesus. It is protecting integrity. Because if we are going to define manhood across the board, we have to start with every man, no matter what they believe. And so no matter what you believe, integrity is co- critical for a man. It's not as much so for women. If you watch women inter- interact, they don't care about that as much because respect is not their default. Love is their default. Our default is respect. If I don't, if you don't have integrity, I don't respect you. Mm. So protecting integrity is the functional component of manhood, and it is the foundational component of manhood. If you're like the Leaning Tower of Pisa and you're tilted over, people see that, and you are, and that lack of integrity hinders you with men. So this is the foundation. This is what we call the trailhead of masculinity, and we've written a series of curriculum books that are like a mountain, and this is the first one. It is called The Trailhead, Protecting Integrity. And under Protecting Integrity, we have four subcategories found in the pastoral epistles. The first one is in 1 Timothy 3.2, and it is... Dale, can you read that? Yeah, now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. So there's several listed right there, Dale, but the one I want to focus on is the word respected. Respected. Are you respected? So here are the two assessing statements. Rank yourself one to five, guys. 
I'm going to read the statement. You just think about this. I have been told that I am a role model. If that's true for you, give yourself a five. If that's never true for you, give yourself a one. If it's sometimes true for you, give yourself a four or three, right? So that is really important. Respected. Number two, I am known as a man of my word. I am so sick and tired, Dale, of guys mm-hmm. not responding to my emails or phone calls because they're afraid to tell me no. If you can't be on the we have a Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL who has told me three different times he wants to come on the podcast and will not return an email. So I finally sent him one, kind of chewed him out. I'm like, is this how the SEALs react? You know, I'm like, big tough guys <laughs> afraid to say no? I mean, I'm just so frustrated with this stuff. And so... You know, respect is so important. So that's the first subcategory is respect. The second one is in Titus chapter 1, verse 7. Can you read that? Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. So you said not quick-tempered. So there's three words there, not quick-tempered. So we thought, okay, we need to push that into one word that's positive. And Dale, you should know this better than anybody because you work with a guy who struggles with this. That's me. Mm. And the word we put in there, Dale, is the word patient. Mm -hmm. Patient. We think patient is the opposite of quick-tempered. So here are the two statements we want you to assess yourself with, guys. Those closest to me would say I am a great listener. <laughs> I think I gave myself a three. <laughs> wow. I'm working on, should I give myself a two? Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. I'm worse like, than that. No. I'm not even a two. <laughs> anyway, but so guys, this is an area I need to work on. I am not patient. If you can't speak fast, I've already completed your thought and given you the answer. So, so I have to work on this area, and so do you. Speak faster, think faster, <laughs> move faster, do faster. Number two is this. I model thinking before speaking. Again, prior to, huh, Dale? So this is an area of the 20 I'm weak in, guys. I'm going to be really honest with you. It's the curse of a leader. So uh, Dale's over there crying. He's laughing. So he's like, Ramos, epic fail. Dale, I would give you fives on this. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're like, you are my role model of patience. So anyway, so hey, let's read the third one. The third one is in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 3, and we use the exact word that you'll read today. Go ahead. Not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. So, but gentle. So gentle. So number one, here's the, here's the number one assessing statement. I am careful not to inflict guilt or shame upon someone when they make a mistake. Isn't that a powerful statement? Mm. I thought that was so good, man. Uh, again, now when I wrote these assessing statements, I wrote them against myself. So my board, when they went through this, the board was like, Ramos, these are all things that you wrestle with. I go, I know I wrote the assessment against myself. Mm. So I wanted to make it. I was always the coach that pushed my kids harder and not giving them a break. And so this is how I wrote this. I wrote this assessment so it really challenged me personally. And so when you see this, you can probably see a lot of me in this, right? So number two is this. I am sensitive to the feelings of others. <laughs> Dale, shut your mouth, dude. Come on. I have sense. What do you want to say something about that? Yeah, you probably yeah, would dude. just say, hey, I'm sorry you have feelings. <laughs> I'm pretty sensitive. I mean, I cry at Hallmark movies and that there's a man law violation. But I mean, I'm a I'm a very sensitive guy when it comes to movies, but when it comes to people, sometimes it's like, well, you chose that. That's your decision. So it's, you have to reap it now. Yeah. I'll help you walk through the reaping, but you reaped it, so 
um, you know, whatever. So, uh, so that's the third one is gentleness. So, so far we've covered under protecting integrity and it's just beautiful, Dale, how these fit together under integrity, right? If you don't have integrity, you're not, you won't be respected, right? If you aren't patient, that, that anger, that frustration, that's a lack of integrity. It's a breach of integrity. Mm-hmm. The, the, the unwillingness to be gentle and, and choosing other, and other, instead to condemn, that is an in- integrity problem, being critically spirited, right? And the last one that has to do with protecting integrity is found in Titus 1.8. And I think we use the exact word. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. So what we did there is we chose the word fair, and that was under... The, what, what word do you think that was in Titus 1.8? Loves what is good. Loving what is good. The guy who loves what is good is fair, all right? So in other words, number one, here's the assessing statement. I judge a person by their character more than their color, religion, or appearance. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm strong in this area, personally. Yeah. So number two is I am known as someone who is fair. I mean, are you known as someone? <laughs> that makes sense, right? When I coached football, I had the parents would tell me, man, you're hard on the kids, but you're fair. Yeah. You treat them all the same. I'm like, I do. I hate them all equally. So, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. If you hurt my feelings, I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, I you're mean, fair across the board. This is the way it and is. I'm, and and honestly, kind of let's, and let's be honest. Am I... Am I as hard as I am on you and others, am I that hard on myself yes. or worse? I think you're hard on yourself too. Yeah, I'm worse on myself, and so yeah. I mean, if how do you how do you cause that? What it is is you speak truth. Well, I try to do it in love, and I don't always do it yeah, in love. But, but it is truth. But I want to make sh- I want people to climb with me, and and we can't climb if we're coddling, if we're mm-hmm. worried about the personal pronoun we're going to put in front of their name. You know what I'm saying? We just need to you know say it as it is, and 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 do it in a loving way, which I need to work on, and do it in a patient way. But we need to do it. We need to help others uh, step into their best life and their best self. That's and so, right. hey man, that's all we got for today, Dale. Uh, what's next, man? Take us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to meninarena.org and pick up your free book. And so we'll have that up there for a limited time, and then it's going to change into the Bevome. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.